0: If we look at the uh, idea of blessing and, uh, and, and the generations, we see that right from the very beginning, when uh, God first blesses humanity, uh, we have the idea of generations coming right at the beginning there. In, in the first couple of pages of Genesis, we have God saying, uh, God blessing humanity and saying, be fruitful and multiply. So, so right from the beginning there, we have this idea of blessing in relation to fruitfulness or or, um, in relationship to generations. And then we get over to Genesis chapter 12 and uh, things in, in a short period of time have gone pretty bad with humanity and God is reaching back into humanity again. And he is reaching in to bring about hope and to bring about his blessing in, in humanity. And he, he picks a guy named Abraham and a family, his family to, to bless to be a blessing. God often does this, right throughout history, he picks um, humans, a people, to be a blessing um, to the world. And that's what he's done in, in this period of time as well. He's, he's chosen the church to be blessed and to, to bless. So, he calls Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country and your people and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. This has the idea of, of multiple generations, a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, we talked uh, recently about how we're actually grafted in to this story of Abraham, uh, this redemptive story of God choosing people to bless and uh, to be a blessing to the world, to the nations around us, He's actually grafted us into this, that story and we have been chosen by Jesus to bring the message and the hope of Jesus to the world. What we find after Abraham comes and he lives and he goes, we, we have um, Isaac and Jacob and there, there's stories around them in regards to how that blessing works out through their lives as well. But, but from that moment on, uh, so often God is actually referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Okay, and, and this is actually repeated again and again and again throughout Scripture. It doesn't just stop at the end of the Old Testament. Um, Paul picks it up uh, in Acts, it's picked up and, and again, uh, I, I think Peter actually speaks about it as well and he says often it's talking about... Uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, the, the blessing that God wants, God poured out through Abraham, passed down to Isaac and passed down to Jacob, and, and he, it's kept in the title um, because God is a God of the generations. God, God's blessing, what He's wanting to do through humanity, doesn't just stop with one generation, it flows right through to multiple generations. That is, that is the plan of God that He would be working a new and a fresh, and a continuation of what He's doing um, through each uh, subsequent generation. We see in Deuteronomy, actually we might go to Psalm, first of all, Psalm 78. I love this, it says, O my people, hear my teaching, listen to my words of my mouth, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter hidden things, things of old, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonder He has done. He decreed decreed statutes to Jacob and established the law in Israel, which He commanded our forefathers to teach their children, so the next generation would know them even their children, yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget His deeds, but would keep His commandments. This is, I love this, how it just gets into uh, not only the next generation, it's talking about the unborn children and then them passing it on uh, to their children. God desires that... um, that His ways and His blessings would be passed from generation to generation to generation. In Deuteronomy uh, 6, we read this. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts, impress them on your children. I think the psalm was actually referring to this. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads, write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. That uh, the idea there is, is basically that let the ways of God, let let the truth of God be so permeate who you are, your household, your family that, um, that it's, it's absolutely everywhere. And we looked, at, looked last week at the importance of obedience and love and God's blessing. And, and God so desires for us to be obedient to Him because it's, it's in that path of obedience that the blessings of God are found. We can actually make a choice to walk into the blessings of God by being obedient to Him and His ways. And, and he so desires that for our children and the next generation, the next generation. And it's so important that we're able to pass that down to them because we, we love our kids. Remember, last week we talked about uh, this picture of a well trained dog, uh, a dog that really knows its boundaries. You don't have to leash them anymore, you can actually walk with them, and they just kind of walk out in front and uh, keep kind of checking back on their master. Our kids are going to be unleashed at some stage. Uh, that's, that's life, that's adulthood. Uh, they, they will be unleashed and they will follow a master. And everyone follows a master of some, stat, of some type. But, but how much do we long for them to follow the master? The master who, who loves them, who, uh, who speaks and who directs, who, who, who whistles, whistles at them to come back, uh, remember when they, when they go to roll in dead possums. Okay? I, I had a, a number of people come up to me yes last week and say, I'm using that one for my kids. Uh, when they go out in their car and uh, I'm saying goodbye to them, I, I'm going to say, just remember not to roll in any dead possums. Okay? our God desires that we would follow Him, uh, that we'd be obedient to Him because He loves us. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and to give it to the full. I've got to be careful here that I don't take all the 10 years' time. <laughs> 9.40, okay. We have something that we say quite often here and uh, it's, it's been embedded uh, into who we are. It's one of the reasons why we moved here because we, we as a church, church saw the importance of reaching and uh, nurturing and seeing the next generation raise up to be the people of God here in this region. And that's one of the regions we came to this very place because of a heart to see the next generation come to Christ. You know, I, I, I love to see the expression of that. Um, Matt has started a, a Bible study on Sundays before church and uh, over 20, 20 kids are coming to that and the, the main reason for that is because they, they, they love and want to get into the Word of God and get deeper into what He's doing. Uh, over in our, our launch group out there at the moment, saw a photo of them. It's it's a it's a it's a big group, and and on uh, on Tuesday nights to see all the boys' brigade and girls' brigades, and uh, to see people being formed in the way of Jesus. To see uh, youth group and our kids' church and our girls' brigade and our boys' brigade, what what they're doing is they're saying, "Look at this master." He, he is so good. Let, let's learn about him. Let's learn about his ways so that one day they will grow up to, to actually follow the Master and not, uh, not stray from him, but, but willfully choose to follow the Master who has um, only their good set out for them. We value each generation, we need each generation while as a church, we're always looking to the next generation. And, and I don't know what that means for you. For me, I'm, I'm, um, I am go looking over all generations because we value and need them, but um, each of us, we need to be looking to that next generation below us as well, to be able to encourage them and be able to um, pray blessing over them and for them, that all the plans that God would have for them, that He would bring them to fulfilment just want to share with us uh, two stories. One is of a little boy. This little boy was b- born in the 1600s, a uh, long time ago. And he was born into quite a tragic life. It, he was born in a, in a rural village setting. His parents were farmers. His dad was actually um, an illiterate farmer. Did fairly well for themselves but, um, but couldn't read or write and three months before he was born, uh, his dad actually died. So, the 1600s, that's a a big problem. Uh, Here we had a mum and a little bub with no dad, no way of earning an income. And, And they may have been able to kind of live off their savings for a little while, but very quickly it got desperate. Could you imagine coming into the world with a mum who had just is going through the grief herself of losing her husband? I, I just wonder about her ability to be present for that little child. Maybe she, she clung even tighter to that little child. seems like after a number of years things got really, really desperate because she, um, there was someone from a, a neighboring village, an older guy, and uh, he was actually a clergy and he came to this lady and offered to marry her. Now, but one of the conditions was that um, that little boy, who was now three, named Isaac, couldn't go with his mum. So, what happened is, is that little boy, Isaac, from three years old, stayed with the grandma, of the, the mother of the mum, and was brought up by her. Lots and lots of rejection. Uh, At school, found it a little bit difficult uh, through different periods, uh, not with the work necessarily, uh, but just adjusting to, you can imagine what it would be like to to have this life and the effects that it would have. Sometimes through his schooling, uh, they were looking at putting him back into farming to follow after the footsteps of his father, but... um, there was a teacher that he had that saw something in this little boy and they, um, he, he, he invested in him, spoke into this little boy's life and actually contributed towards his tuition uh, for his further studies. He actually went to Cambridge. He was Sir Isaac Newton. Really significant impact he made on humanity and the sciences and on his gravestone, it's this, mortals rejoice that there has existed such a great ornament of the human race. They write really well back then, don't they? This is a a wonderful image bearer of the Creator God. But what a contrast. He has a stepdad that doesn't even want to know him and um, so much rejection in his life and then someone comes along and sees something and speaks into his life and then we see what God had in store for this young man. Hope it encourages us that as we see young people and we see um, something in them that we would speak that, that that we would speak blessing into their lives as we see things. He had so much spoken to himself, so much spoken in him, that was negative and someone said, no, I see something different in you. May we be that, that generation that speaks into the next generation in the positive way. I've been doing some uh, little renovations around our house recently, just, just little ones. Um, been ripping up the carpet in the bedrooms and putting down Uh, uh, floating flooring and taking the doors out and replacing them, they're a pain Um, to get them right and set up properly. I'm glad the builder was pretty good before me but um, we're we're getting there. I was just thinking about the way that Paul speaks about the church as being a living temple, that we're each a, a stone and that's being put into this living temple and I was, I was thinking about this, and it's it's a temple that is being built over the generations, generation after generation after generation. There's a new room, a new um, wing to this temple being built, and it, it's very interesting as we as you look at the new building, the new net renovation, uh, it can be a bit of a mess sometimes, as those as those blocks kind of be. Um, be adjusted into place and it, it, it takes time. My, my house, when I'm ripping up carpet and I'm moving every stuff, it's a, it's a mess for a while. But, but what I can see is I can see um, the, the design of, of what I'm, I'm wanting to happen there and, and that's what God sees. He sees this, this new generation coming in and, and He's moulding these bricks and He's chipping bits off them and he's, he's positioning them just right. And, and, and we as a church, as, as God takes this next generation and starts forming it into the very temple of the Holy Spirit, into the temple of God, we want to be those that say, yes, this is, this is fantastic. You, you may not look quite straight, some of these blocks, but God is doing a work there. And, and we want to go, you know, I, I have so much hope for this next generation that's coming through. I think they're going to do great things. And the the reason I think they're going to be great things is because not because of that particular generation but because we have a master craftsman and we want to bless the work that he's doing even though it may look a little bit messy right in the moment. And and we want to explore this temple with them as well. I I love going back through the temple, through biographies of, of different people that have come before me, through talking to different people here it is a wonderful thing to hear of the things that God has done in His church and, to, and to, 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 to pray into the things that He's going to do in the next generation. Speaking about that, I was going to do this later but we might do it now. Um, I was thinking about those in our church... Who just come to mind, and uh, th- there's a number of people. Um, I'm talking about those who have a bit, little bit more grey on top. Um, I'm slowly getting there, and uh, I, I am just so grateful to so many people who have who have looked to that next generation, and have prayed, and have spoken favourably, and have been excited about this temple that is being built at the moment. Uh, we we as a church we straddle multiple generations and that's a good thing because if if my if my whole house <coughs> was a renovation place it would it would be it would be difficult okay but it uh it, it it straddles a whole um we we've got both of what god has done and is doing and uh but there's two uh people that i i particularly think of and and one of them is the edwards and um so, I just want to, I want to come back here. Mary and Evan, they, uh, they really represent for me uh, a, a couple who have deeply invested into the next generation of our church. Uh, both Mary and Evan have been deeply involved in Boys Brigade, in many aspects of our church life, Mary and Evan were deeply involved in, in us as a church coming to this place as well uh, that we may reach not just our community but the next generation and I'm, I'm so personally grateful to, to Mary and Evan for For me what they represent is just this, this open arms of love towards um, those who, who come to our church and, uh, and to the next generation as well. I, as things have changed and things have gotten a bit different, uh, it's uh, it's hard to see that sometimes. It's, it's uh, but Mary and Evan have have remained with a po- posture like this, and uh, I'm so very grateful for that. Mary, would would you um, like to pray for us as a church? And
1: Love to pray for us as our church. Um, I think I've been in the church about eighty years. That's a whole, isn't it? But it's lovely to be here and come on Sundays and worship God. And that's what we've done in our church. Mm. We've worshipped God, and we feel a part of His His life, His being. Mm. He's with us all the time. Let's pray. Mm. Dear Father, we do thank you. We thank you for your love, your great understanding, you leading us in so many ways at so many times. Lord, we know you're with us, you're our God, and we love every part of being a part of this church and leaders of the church. We thank you for people who have gone before us, Mm. for godly people that we've had in our church, and we thank you for them. We thank you for the leaders of today, and we ask you for your blessings on all of them, on us, as we meet together and praise you. We thank you for your love. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Mary. We, uh, it's so good to be a multi-generational church. We need each generation. We value each generation. All together, we look to that next generation. Um, 80 years. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for everything that you've done and and set up and your prayers for our church. Uh, Tanya, could you come up? Excellent is uh, going to walk us through a, a bit more of a practical application to how we can bless the next generation and our kids. So, um, I think we've got some props up here. So it's going to be good.
2: So, just have low expectations. No, but because I normally obviously work with children and not adults, I do have boxes instead of a PowerPoint. So, uh, hopefully you'll bear with me in my lack of coordination at moments. Uh, so there is a beautiful moment um, in Mark chapter 10 uh, where there are some parents and they, they bring their children to see Jesus who was this teacher that everyone was talking about and was esteemed um, for, for what he was saying as like a rabbi or a teacher. And so they, they brought their children to see Jesus and um, Jesus' disciples um, reprimanded the parents said oh don't bother jesus uh take take the children away and i think you all know where i'm going with this and jesus said no let the little children come to me and don't stop them because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them so even in in the actions of jesus we see jesus blessing children blessing your children Uh, Or someone else, doesn't have to be your children, helps them to understand their worth and their value in your family and their worth to God. Isn't that something that we want our children to grasp, how very loved and valued and important they are to God? So um, in preparing this kind of guide on blessing your children, which I think some of you will have received as you walked in, um, I have heavily used uh, this book called The Blessing um, which is written about um, blessing your children or blessing someone else significant in your life, your spouse um, or someone else that you have influence over um, and it's a great uh, resource Um, so hopefully you guys received a little bit um, as you came in. So, there are five kind of building blocks uh, to Um, writing a blessing and some of you may just be able, oh thanks Andrew, some of you may just be able to, you know, you may have the gift of words and it may just flow out of you without any trouble but there are people like me that like to follow a process so I've made sure I haven't missed anything and so this is for you. So, the first building block and can you tell I'm a very literal person because they're blocks. Um, The first building block of a blessing is See, this is the part where I'd say, can I have a child to come out and get our first... Anyway, uh, I won't make you all do that, is meaningful touch. So, uh, for example, the passage that um, we just kind of vaguely looked at in, in Mark chapter 10. So, Jesus obviously was completely amazing. And we saw, like the Bible's full of examples where he healed people like in different cities. So, he didn't actually need to take the children into his arms to bless them he could have stood from on the other side of the world and blessed those children and they would have been blessed. But he chose to take them up into his arms to bless them. And one thing we find with children is things become real when they're touched. So we see that in like how much more exciting is it for kids to do things than to hear about them? How much more do they remember? How much more exciting is it to see a real pretend Disney princess than to see a picture of one in a book? Obviously for children, although you may still be excited when you see Disney princesses. Uh, But So that is why we want to hold our children or lay hands on them or give them a hug or hold hands when we're blessing them. Uh, It's also something that we see demonstrated throughout the Bible by the patriarchs uh, when they bless their children. So, yeah, this can look like um, holding hands, laying a hand on their shoulder. My kids are still really little, so I would give them a hug if I was blessing them. Uh, Now, if you are separated from the person that you want to bless by distance, that doesn't mean that you can't bless them. Uh, And we will talk a bit more about that later. So, do not worry if you want to bless your children or your grandchildren and they live on the other side of the world. Or your sister or your brother, you can still bless them. But um, meaningful touch, particularly for our young children, um, is a really beautiful, important thing. Okay, the next one is... See, if I make this tall enough, I can actually hide behind it and you won't be able to see me anymore. No, the second one is spoken words of love and acceptance. There is a common common saying, at least it was, might not be common anymore, but when I was a child, now I sound really old, it was really common. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Hands up if that is true of your life. If you have never been hurt by something that someone said... Our words can really stick with us. Our words are incredibly powerful. Um, I can still really vividly remember something that one of my supervising teachers, when I was a prac teacher, so when I was 18, something that they said and spoke into my life, and they were not a believer, um, about me and children. And it has stuck with me to this day that I could repeat it. I can also tell you about the time when someone told me that I should not have three children. You should definitely stop it too, Tanya. You will not cope with three children. And I can even tell you what that person was wearing at the time. So both good and bad words can really stick with us. They have an incredible ability to either build us up Or to tear us down. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are held in the power of the tongue. And that is something that I have seen true in my life. So our children need words of blessing from us. As do our spouses and other people that we are important in the lives of. They're important throughout the Bible. Look at creation in Genesis. God created the world by speaking it into existence. And then in John, we see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And there are hundreds of examples about the importance of words throughout the Bible. Uh, Have you ever been to a family reunion or been away camping with friends for a couple of days? It is easy to spend the first couple of days you know, talking about all trivial things and things that don't matter. But when you're in the last couple of hours of having time together with people that you're not going to see for a really long time, all of the really important bits come out, all of the things that you're really wanting to say, like, you'll get through this, you're doing a great job. And so, it's so easy to go with our children, they know how I feel. Or I've got plenty of time to tell them exactly what they mean to me. But just like a reunion, sometimes it's actually late in the afternoon of the time that we have to speak into the people that we love's lives and we don't know it. Things happen, unexpected things happen. Children grow up way quicker than we expect them to. So do not wait too long to speak words of love and acceptance into your children's lives. Words um, are incredibly valuable. So that's why we say it's important when you're um, writing a blessing for your child to actually say it. Uh, And saying it is ideal. Uh, I would also say writing it down so that they have a record of it and can look back on it Uh, or sending it via an email so that they can always remember because sometimes words... Sometimes words stick with us. Sometimes we need to be reminded though when people are uh, speaking words of love and acceptance into our lives that we didn't mishear them. So it is great to keep a record of them uh, but they need to be actively communicated. Do not assume that they know how you feel. Okay, number three. Number three is placing a high value on your child. So what does this mean? To value something means to attach great importance to it. So when we bless someone, we are deciding or choosing to hold to and to remind them as well as ourselves that he or she is of high value or great importance. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we do it when we praise and worship God. And obviously, we are never, ever worshipping our children. But when we're blessing someone, we are saying that they are of high value. So word pictures are one really effective way to do this because they're really vivid. They bring a picture to your mind and can bring a thought to life. And they're easy for most of us, including our children, to understand. So we see Jacob blessing his sons in Genesis 49, and he calls Judah a lion cub, which implies that he is has strength and leadership. He says Naphtali is a graceful and gentle doe, showing his more artistic side, and that Joseph is a fruitful branch by a spring. So these word pictures help our kids and other adults to really think about Um, what they might represent to you, and places a lot of value on them. So, um, I was trying to think, um, because we've been writing blessings for our children, and we were trying to think about, you know, what word pictures to use um, for our children. And um, my daughter Amelia, her favourite animal is a sloth. We did decide not to use that word picture because we didn't think that was a positive one for her, although she may have seen it that way. Uh, so instead we used one um, of a surfer riding the wave of what God is doing because she also loves surfing and that seems like a more positive um, Image, uh, but you might like. I've seen uh, really beautiful, effective ones where they talk about being like an eagle and and soaring, or uh, and obviously we've already seen some animal ones. It might be like a sunset, or whatever kind of points out the potential of your child. But if you use something that is of significance or meaning to the person, it can kind of unravel their defences a little bit. Sometimes we're not ready to have, to hear people say that we are valuable and we are special. Sometimes we have our defences up that go, Mm-mm, they don't mean it or they're not seeing the truth. But sometimes when we use word pictures, it actually can break down people's defences and kind of sneak its way in and really um, impact their hearts and point out that the and point out the potential that they have. Number four is to picture. Oh, everything's fine. Is. See, this is great now. No. Is to picture a special future for your child. I'm sorry, I'm not meaning to be rude to all you people. Okay. Uh, to picture a special future for your child. So, children are literalists. And I experience that all of the time, particularly with Isaac, where, you know, things that we mean as figures of speech, they take as, particularly, I'll just be a minute, buddy. And then the timer comes out. It's been a minute, Mum. Thanks. So, now i start using moment because I've told him that's an undefined... Quantity of time, but our children are literalists, and as their parents, we are the most important people in their lives. Which is why communicating a special future for your child is such an important part of the blessing. I know that I sometimes um, I need hope in my life, so I can get through a really really hard week. If I know that at the end it's going to be over <laughs> and at the end there's going to be something great. Too often for me that is sleep or food but I can work through a lot of hard things if there's something hopeful at the end that is, that is making yes, I can get through this. And a hope for a future is important to all of us and has a huge impact on how we experience things. So words can light a path for our children that draw on some of their amazing attributes and what amazing things God might do with them in the future. So, for example, um, children who have really sensitive hearts, into their blessing, you can picture a future where their sensitive heart might be a beautiful future. I, I feel like God could really use you to help people ...because of the heart that he's given you. If he's given them a really kind heart... ...I feel like God could really use you to encourage people in the future. So have a think about the special attributes that your children have... ...and how God could use that to to give an amazing future to your children. And then picture that for them so that they can see the hope that they have. The opposite, unfortunately, can also be true. And often words that we think are playful or meant in jest can actually be taken really personally and completely undermine our confidence, leading us down a really hurtful path. So no one ever asked me about my ugly feet. But it's true, these words can actually really hurt us, so we need to be careful in the way that we speak with and about our children. We never want to make our kids give up. We always want to be those that build them up. Sometimes these words that we speak, if they're not about something as trivial as feet, which now I feel like you're all looking at, so I'm just gonna (laughs) uh, If they're not about something trivial, they can actually almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if people are saying things like, you're stupid, You're never going to get maths. It can actually make our children give up and just stop trying, which is obviously not what we want either. So, please, in your blessings, picture a special future for your child. And the last one. I'm just going to put the mic down, actually. Is demonstrating a genuine or active, you can use either word, commitment. So, there were two ways to do this. Either this one could have been a block, which is obviously what I went with, Uh, but it's actually the the mortar, if this was a proper brick wall, which clearly it isn't, uh, that holds everything together. But I thought that would be really messy if I came in with slime and started squirting around, so I have not done that. Um, So, the mortar that holds the blessing together is an active or genuine commitment to see it come to pass. So... This last building block means that we are seeking the best interests of the one that we are blessing. We're willing to do what is best for our children, even if that means, which it often does, correcting them when they are wrong. We're looking for opportunities to help them grow and to live out their blessing. And we're always trying to put them in the path of where God is working because we know that God is working all the time. And we want our children to be a part of what he's doing. So it is in your genuine or active commitment to see your children's blessing, one great way is to be a student of those you want to bless. So you could ask them, what's the best part of your day? What's the worst? What would you like to be when you grow up? What do you want your future to be like? might not be about what job they do. It might be about what they see their future as being like, as in I want to be married with 20 children. So, So, be a student. And when you're listening to your children, and this is one I need to remind myself of, is listen with full attention. And see, John is smiling because he knows how much... One of our children in particular loves to talk a lot and it's so easy for me to just tune him out because I've got lots of things to do and I'm sure he has. they have like 50,000 words that he needs to get out before he even goes to school but I need to listen with full attention to what he is saying. Uh, the blessing that we've been singing and looking at Starts with the Lord bless you and keep you. And this is just a reminder that the very breath that we have to bless our children or to do anything at all comes from God. And we can remind our children though that even though we make mistakes all the time and we are not faithful... Do I do all of these things for my children all the time? No, I wish I did, but I don't. But the power that we have to do anything good for our children, or at all, comes from the Lord. And even though we're not faithful, he is. He will never let them down. And they can always go to him. He is perfectly faithful. And he can give us the strength to love our children, spouses and loved ones, even when sometimes that is hard. So, um, just a couple of final thoughts and then I'll hand back to Andrew. Can't come soon enough. No, it has been a pleasure to share with you about the blessing. But um, don't expect that you're going to get it right every time and please be gracious with yourselves. Um, Also, I have obviously come at this from a children's point of view but you really can, there are a number of people I can think of in my life besides my children that I would love to have the opportunity to bless in this way. Um, I think many of us could do with more valuing of us by people and more words of love and acceptance and commitment to see the very best for us. Um, Also, some of you are incredibly gifted orators and writers and would probably craft the most beautiful, poetic blessings for your children, full of amazing word pictures, and that is great. But if you're not, that's actually okay too. What matters is that your children know how loved they are and that, that God has an amazing future in store for them. So, you can do all of these things without having the gift of the gab or the most amazing grasp on English. Okay.
0: It should be okay. Thanks, Tanya. There there is a weightiness uh, when we put our hands on our kids and look into their eyes and speak God's favour upon them and uh, I've personally seen uh, God come and and work in my kids' life as I've not only prayed for them but then spoken blessing over them. So I'd encourage you to do that, not only for your kids but your grandkids, uh, for the next generation and uh, for those who, who who you love and, and you walk with in life. We're going to come to a time now of um, coming before the Lord and remembering what He did for us. The Apostle Paul, speaking about that, he said this, he said, For I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Uh, this is something that the Lord is present with us now. there is a sense in which the Lord is here and he is passing this uh, this meal that we take together of the the bread and the wine remembering what Jesus has done for us and remembering that we have been set free in him because what he did on the cross that we can come confidently before his throne room because of Jesus and what he has done there's a there's a a real reality that He passes that on to us right now, that he, he is very much present with us. But there's also something about this meal in which it has been passed to us from generation to generation to generation to generation. And there's this linking. Um, both of the Passover meal, which this was, which goes right back into Old Testament times and comes right up through the early church and continues right up and has been passed to us. I'd love to see that linkage of all those times which I've shared in communion with other people and, and someone's taken that and to see kind of where it goes back to. Uh, who, who took communion, who, who passed this on, who passed this on? And obviously, it goes back to Jesus in that upper room, but I, I wonder the way in which it got to me and the stories of God's goodness throughout history as He weaves new blocks into this temple that He's creating. It's a uh, marvellous thought of the way that the Gospel, that um, God came to us. So, we're going to do that this morning. We're actually going to um, take these baskets and we're going to pass them around. Just like Paul said, for I have received from the Lord what I've also passed to you. I know that's, uh, let this be a physical representation of that. So, Father, we, we are so grateful that you sent your Son, Jesus... Lord, we think of you in that upper room with your disciples, telling them about what was about to happen, that something would happen that would change history, that would change us. Lord, we thank you that you died for us. We thank you that you made a way for us to come before the Father. We thank you for all your spiritual blessings in heaven that you have for us. Lord, we join with all those in the past who have passed this on, one person to another person to another person, and we come around your throne room and we say, you are King of kings and you are Lord of lords. You are the Lamb that was sacrificed for us and we say thank you for that. So Lord, would you minister to us as we reflect and as we look upon your face right now? Would you transform us? Would you come and comfort us and speak to us? We thank you for the life giving power, Jesus. We thank you that you have come to give life and to give it to the full, and that was achieved through your death on the cross. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as